Hi, I'm Rami. And I'm Shannon, and this is Workplace Hugs, where we talk about interesting things we've read, learned, or heard to help all of us expand our life toolkit with a whole bunch of empathy, but without a whole new degree. Rami, <laughs> today we're talking about Mared and the art of walking during a marathon. I only know Mared to mean shit in French. That's exactly it. That's so I'm, exactly I'm it. very intrigued on this episode title already. <laughs> Okay, so I was reading a book, and they were talking about this surrealist, surrealist play in the early 20th century, 19, 1910s, 1920s, whatever it was. Uh-huh. And the guy explaining it was saying that the first line of this play, it was in French, was Mered, which was a great summation of how everybody felt about the play. And that was it. That's all he said. Yeah. And... Without the context of knowing that Mared means shit, yeah, the the joke goes right over your head, right? And I was thinking about that, and it's this strange thing where, as a as a as a person telling a story, as a writer, you want to give your readers, your listeners, your viewers a chance to take some outside knowledge and bring it in and be rewarded for that, right? Like, if you know what merit in French means, you get that joke. Yes. If you don't, you don't get it. So should the author have taken the approach of saying merit, which translates in English to shit, was the first word of the play, do you add those extra three or four words? No. I think it like... But then what about the people that don't get it? Well, then they don't get it. They shouldn't have, like, watched the play in the first, or read the play in the first place. No, but I'm saying as they, as an English consumer of the book, if I don't know what merit means, I don't get, I don't get what his joke is there. Yeah. Well, and now I'm wanting to go back in that because I'm thinking about, like, inclusivity and, like, how do we be inclusive? And so, yeah, I guess if it's that popular that it warrants many, Republications. I don't know what the word is. Then, okay, fine. I'll bite. Maybe tell us and explain to us what merit means. So this is where I'm of two minds of this, right? I think one, you want you want to reward people for having that external knowledge, right? Like you want to say, like, oh, you knew that thing. So here's here's a little reference. I'm gonna wink at you, right? You're gonna get it. I'm not going to explain it. And if you don't get it, don't worry about it. Like, let's go on our way. Uh-huh. Um, but I want to take the flip side approach, which is, I think you need to explain these things because if the joke is going to be funny to one fifth of the population, let's make it funny to all of the population. So yeah. let's talk about the art of walking during a marathon. And I, I'm, I'm thinking all of this will connect and we'll see when we get to the end. Yeah. I love it. Okay. Okay. So we talked about merit. Which is, should you explain the obvious or the the slightly the slightly unknown to everyone to make it obvious to everybody? Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. So, I'm thinking about one of the like my my wife and I ran a bunch of half marathons in a like three year streak. We did like thirteen or fourteen or something wild. Sometime in the middle of there, you get really cocky where you're like, we can do this even without training. <laughs> And so there was one where we were doing 10K and then the half back to back. 
Like one day you do the 10K, one day you do the the half. And we had like done very little training. Uh-huh. And we were standing at the waiting for the thing to start. Because you always get there and you wait forever for the thing to start. Like you're just waiting and waiting and waiting. And then it finally starts. So we were talking to these these women who were next to us. And they were like, yeah, we don't really like running, but we really like the location. So this one happened to be at Disneyland. They're like, we've done the full uh, 5K, 10K, half full at Disney World, right? They do them four successive days. Mm-hmm. They're like, but we always do a run walk. And um, my wife and I were like, what's that? Explain that to us. So basically you run for two or three minutes and then you walk for a minute and then you just keep that pace going the whole time. And you're not like sprinting the offsetting time. You're like jogging. But it should get you there faster than if you did like a very, very slow jog the entire time. Yes. And this was fascinating to me because I'd never heard of this. Oh, really? But you always see people like walking. Like the the thing when you're running a half marathon or any sort of race is that people will raise their hands. And so we tried it and it was the best thing ever. And so we ended up doing that 10K that way and then we did the half that way, which were both excellent for people who had not trained for something. Yeah, so I, I was familiar with the run-walk, but more from my triathlon days where you're running a half marathon or a marathon after biking, 56 or 112 miles after swimming a lot. Um, and so I've seen people do this, and I did this myself when I raced my Ironman um, to just be easier on the body. I just remember thinking, mm-hmm. like, I just want to be able to enjoy this experience and not have it be like crushing my body my body was already crushed i mean you're doing 140 miles in a day uh so yeah i had heard of this and i love it just as a theory for life in general of like sometimes as you you said in the notes like sometimes you got to slow down to just let yourself succeed and finish the actual race one of my yeah. bosses used to say to me all the time, because I was a flippin' sprinter in everything I did, <laughs> not like metaphorically, not literally. Um, and he would have to say to me all the time, Shannon, it's a marathon, not a sprint. Like, pace yourself. Pace yourself. Well, and I think, too, the pacing yourself is interesting because you you can still run the whole thing. Yes. And a lot of people do run the whole thing. And I think that that's fine. But I think some people run, walk the thing, which is another way of getting there. And at the end of the day, look, Shannon, everybody gets that medal. Everybody crosses that line. Everybody gets the medal. The balloons may chase us. They always had the, like, sweepers at the end that will, like, if you're going too slow, the balloons will sweep you and then you have to, like, leave. Yep. But as long as you don't get swept by the balloons, like, you get the same medal that that person at the front who ran the entire time gets. And that's kind of what I want us to focus on is we're all going to get there. How do we be a little bit more inclusive, right, in the married thinking in terms of how do we make sure that that when we do have new people on our team who are crawling, right, yeah. how do we slow down to a walk and, and meet them there and and help them understand all of our abbreviations, right? Shannon at Target, we had oh pages. Oh, my God. It they was, could have written it was a honestly, whole Webster dictionary full of Target acronyms. It was just uh, a hidden language, I think. It was always funny to meet new vendors. And you'd be in the meeting, you'd be like, okay, what are your cogs on this? Okay, can we do 
I'm forgetting all my acronyms, but like you would just spit out a bunch of them and they'd look at you like they, they'd know you're speaking a different language. Yes. Yes. Cause you are. Okay, cool. Well, yes. And then you'd slowly like start to explain, okay, here's what this thing is. Here's what this thing is. But I think my, my piece of advice here is going into those conversations with someone who's new. How do you preemptively do that? How do you think about them not knowing and trying to meet them in that place yeah. and trying to say, okay, I've got a hundred, I've got a hundred abbreviations here. I'm, I'm going to purposefully spell them out for you as I'm saying them Yes, to make sure that I'm being inclusive and I'm helping bring you along as opposed to forcing you as a new person in a new situation to have to ask the question. Because I think that that's the part that no one will say, don't ask the question. Everyone will always say, like, please ask if there's something you're hearing, something you're, if it's confusing. Yep. I think we're all open to that. I think, how do we take one step further than that, though, and, 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 and jump ahead of the question and yeah. start to answer those things before they can even ask? Yeah, that brings me back. I, that's an interesting take on this that I wasn't expecting us to go to in this conversation, but I'm loving it because it brings me back to, did you ever remember Stacia Anderson at Target? I'm just going to like no. name names now, especially if it's, I'm saying something like nice. Uh, I think she's at Say the nice thing. Petco or PetSmart now. Uh, but I remember Stacia on the topic of like diversity and inclusion saying like, it's my responsibility to like meet me, meet you like wherever you are, you know, to like find a way to tailor my leadership approach and my style. Like that's one of my jobs, like as a leader is to meet you where you are. And I'm hearing that in what you're saying too, from like a, just a general learning perspective, like how do we slow ourselves down and take responsibility for not just saying like, yeah, so like ask questions if you have any as you're getting up to speed, Mm -hmm. but actually like be more cognizant of where the person might be in their learning journey. And therefore like, how can we meet them where they are? And what comes to mind for me too, is I want to like the billion models that I learned in coaching around like conscious consciousness and competence have you ever heard of this before it's like a four square so it's like a four square and like so so we start in one of the squares where we're unconsciously incompetent like we don't flipping know that we We don't don't know know. what we don't know totally totally like this and then you evolve into being consciously incompetent like oh now i know that they have a lot of acronyms that i have no clue what the hell they mean yeah and then you move into consciously practicing competence like you've got to think about it in order to successfully be competent at it. It's not just like coming naturally to you. And then the last evolution in learning is like, you're unconsciously practicing competence. Like you just know it and you don't have to think about it. And it's just like right there on the tip of your tongue. Um, and so I bring up that model more as like, a, I was going to say to map out where you are, but maybe it's like also to map out whoever you're responsible for like teaching or onboarding. Like how do you slow it down to think like, okay, where might this person be? Maybe they're consciously incompetent. <laughs> so how do we slow it down a little bit to make it approachable for them? Yeah, I really like that. And I think if you're trying to figure out where they're at, pay attention to how many notes they're taking. They may yeah. just be a, a heavy note taker, which will not give you any advice. Yep. But what I've found is that when someone is consciously incompetent, they understand that they don't know. Yes. They will take a lot of notes. Yes. And I think if, if you're seeing someone in a meeting and it's not a huge meeting and you have the ability to slow down because they're taking so many notes, I think slow down and say, hey, you're taking a lot of notes. I love that. 
are there things that I can go more in depth into right now or explain, or do you have questions about anything that we can kind of break down right now before we keep going? Yep. And that may give you a clue into where that person is at. Yeah. I think at the end of the day, like it's going back to this other great advice. Um, <laughs> the, to, we, like, how do we establish learning cultures in our organizations and in our teams and our flipping families, you know, to just like make sure that we are creating really curious environments, uh, really right paced environments. I wouldn't even say slow, but just like right paced with whatever, mm-hmm. wherever folks are at to, yeah, meet people where they are. I like that. So do we end here, Rami? We end here. Let's do that. All right. All right. Well, I I hope you enjoyed this episode on shit and the art of (laughs) walking during a marathon. Really, it was an episode, I think, about like learning and slowness and and all those beautiful things. We'd love for you to join in on the conversation at Instagram at Workplace Hugs. With that, I've been Shannon. I've been Rami, and this has been Workplace Hugs. Thanks for listening. (laughs) 